How is it going everyone? It is once again me, Chewy, and I am one of the hosts of this horror podcast titled Exploring the Myths Behind the Legends. And in this horror podcast, what we do is we pick something having to do with, of course, the horror genre. And we talk about it in the sense of how it could relate to real life experiences or real life topics. Before we start though, I want to ask you guys to please go and check out our Linktree page which is linktree.com slash mythsbehindlgds in which you can find our links to our social media accounts like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, etc. And the topic for today's episode is none other than the 2020 film Spree starring none other than Steve aka Joe Keery from Stranger Things. So. Before we jump into that though, we're going to have a little commercial break and then Mariah and I will go ahead and start the discussion, so stick around. And one. Okay Mariah, so we are now at your segment for this episode. And you were the one who chose the film for this one, weren't you? Yes. <laughs> so... Of course, the topic of this episode is none other than the film titled Spree. So, not Spray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't look up Spray anyway. Yeah, we had a, confusi- a confusion about that uh, <laughs> the last time we recorded. Yeah. <laughs> and it was pretty funny, but um, yeah. Mariah asked me to look up for a movie, and I, I think I either misheard you or you said Spray, and I can't remember what happened. <laughs> I blame it on my, on my just... The way I pronounce words, I, I sound funny <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> so I looked up Spray and it was not the movie that we're talking about today. <laughs> I didn't watch it, mind you, I didn't watch it. But, um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah when, when that popped up on Google, I was like, are you sure we should do this film? Because it doesn't look like a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't look like a horror movie. Yeah, it's like another kind of movie. It's yeah. like, what are you talking about, Mariah? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we were becoming that kind of podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah. As far as like yeah. hot and steamy, but uh, we're not. <laughs> we are not. Well, I guess it does have like hot and steamy because of blood. Yeah, I guess you could say blood that. in general is hot and steamy. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, to you, my friend, to you. But <laughs> but anyways, back to the the topic here, Spree. But I wanted to ask you. Had you seen this movie before we had talked about it, or was it the first time no, you saw it too? No, it was it was my first time, but I had it on my list for like over a year or so. Oh, nice! So this was a perfect reason for you to get to watch it then. Absolutely. Huh. So first impressions, couple of sentences for the audience. What were your opinions of this film? Screaming early 2000s YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) And also, it was a mix of just when YouTube just started popping out more. Like, that was our first outlet where we got to actually express ourselves or even trying to, like, go viral, whatever. And it definitely reminded me of the early days. I remember I used to message people on YouTube and be like, I love your channel. And they would never respond to me. <laughs> and then later on, now that like, I'm a, I guess, like creator now, um, like those same people that I, I message, 
they messaged me and they're like, hey, I like your stuff. I'm like, oh, where were you like 20 years ago? <laughs> or like 15 years ago when I messaged y'all wow. the first time. But um, it was really interesting just to see at, at that time the way it was with social media and YouTube and just the, all of it. It was insane. And it got so real for me throughout this film. So I'm excited to dive right in. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I got some impressions of my own too. I do agree with you that this film takes you back to the early days of YouTube. And for the youngins out there in the audience, and in case you're not so young anymore, but you have forgotten what it was like, YouTube was very different from what it is today. You could always upload a video and stuff like that, but you could upload all kinds of stuff up there in there. You could upload covers, you could upload yourself, I don't know, mowing the lawn, whatever, I and mean, you can still do that right now, right? But most of the content on YouTube was just random stuff like that. It wasn't anything like what it is today in, in the sense that people didn't have channels and, and shows, I guess you can call them. Let's say, for example, you, you find a channel that is about, like us, like film reviews, right? And it's reactions, stuff like that. That didn't happen back then. That rarely happened, I, I think. I think mostly people just uploaded random stuff that they did in the house, like how to make a cake or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that. And you had a time limit. The time limit for the videos was no longer than, I think, five minutes the first few years and then ten minutes. That was a huge deal when, when it was upgraded to 10 minutes and then after that it's like whatever you want nowadays and those ads that we all love to hate are what <laughs> pay for that bandwidth that will house or allow all of us to upload unlimited length videos so <laughs> very different very different animal nowadays and the main character is Cray Cray in this film, and we'll talk about <laughs> that in a minute, because this film is kind of like a not-so-fictionalized version of what could happen when someone gets a little bit too carried away with stuff like this. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh, see, so uh, we'll, we'll talk about that definitely for sure. But before we start, Mariah, on the film review, I want to talk about a couple of things as far as the behind-the-scenes stuff. So, I'm gonna mispronounce his name and I apologize in advance, but the, the director is Eugene Kotliarenko, and he was also the writer for this film in conjunction with Gene McHugh. I don't know these individuals from any other work. I believe this might be their first film, as at least that I'm aware of. It was released on January 24th, 2020 and the Sundance Festival and then August 14th 2020 in selected movie theaters and it made about $43,000 which is not a lot really if you think about it but with films like these I think most of them rely on their streaming revenue so I don't think it was meant to be released in the theaters per se it was just like maybe for a couple of, of uh theaters in bigger cities like New York or LA, stuff like that. And then, of course, they make most of their money from the streaming services, which this is on Hulu, right? Right. Uh-huh. So, and it stars none other than Steve from Str Stranger Things. <laughs> I 
I am sorry, I'm never gonna call this guy by his name, which is Joe Kiri. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Steve. I always, <laughs> always think about him that way too. When that's really the reason why I remember just because I follow all like the horror movies on Hulu, and I remember seeing his face and I thought, ah, oh, he's so good in Stranger Things. I, I would love to see this movie because it's a horror comedy ish. So I just thought, oh, I need to see it because it's. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> there are actors that get typecast or they get attached to a character for their entire lives, basically. And this guy is one of them. He is always going to be Steve, no matter what he does. Um, <laughs> the guy who played Harry Potter is always going to be Harry Potter. I'm not going to call him his name either. Well, I mean, people like that are around. <laughs> so... Um, Unless you're a person like Arnold Schwarzenegger, for example, he's made so many iconic roles that he gets to keep his name. <laughs> I mean, you can call him either the Terminator, you can you can call him Dutch from Predator, you can call him Matrix from Commando, I mean, whatever. But the point is that this guy is typecast, and I am never going to call him Joe Kiri. He's always going to be Steve for me. And <laughs> he is the main character in this. Now, the main premise of the movie, Mariah, is someone that is a content creator who is trying desperately to get as many views as possible. Now, does that ring a bell to you? Yes, that sounds like us. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yes. 100%. I just thought about us and how we're trying to grow <laughs> and stuff and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> So, I mean, hopefully... So, yeah, uh... it, was, it was kind of cringy at first. I was like, oh no, is that going to be me? But, yeah. I don't think we're going to take it this far, but... Uh... No, definitely not. It's just, I guess, the audience view is, is really scary sometimes and can be scary. But, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, definitely. But we're going to get into, into how the drive, the need, and maybe you can even call it the obsession to get followings and likes and comments and all these things can actually drive a person to do maybe not uh, stuff as crazy as this but <laughs> crazy stuff right right so hopefully not stuff as crazy as this mind you <laughs> i don't want to hear <laughs> about someone doing this in real life because that would be horrible but basically we meet this guy in, in the first couple of minutes of the movie and he's he seems like just a regular dude trying to make content and trying to be viral with his brand and stuff like that. He calls himself uh, Kurt's World, right? Kurt's World 96, I believe, is his, his handle. His yes. hashtag, whatever. Kurt's World. Mm -hmm. So we meet him and he talks about how he's trying to build an audience. And he also says he used to be a babysitter for some dude called Bobby, who incidentally does become a somewhat popular streamer and he always tries to crash on bobby's stream so he can get some views on his channel <laughs> so this other dude named bobby he has his own channel and he's doing his thing and then this guy hey what's up bobby like let's let's t uh collaborate and you can tag me on your content so i can be popular like you are and to me that's kind of sad because <laughs> this guy used to be the babysitter for the other dude so he's older i would say he's maybe like in his what early 30s 
I think so. They never specify his age, do they? No, they don't. But maybe it could possibly be maybe Bobby is probably like 18 and maybe the dude is probably like in his late 20s. Like Kurt is probably like in 2018, maybe perhaps or 32. So it's, it is kind of confusing because they look so young. But Kurt does look a lot more older. Per yeah. Se. Yeah. Because Bobby looks kind of like maybe like a high school kid or, or early, early 20s, like 19, 20 maybe. And I would assume that this guy being his babysitter had to be at least a good 10 to 15 years older than the other guy to watch him. So, yeah, like, we, we, we kind of get snippets of his daily life. He shows off his dad and then his mom and stuff like that, his, his home life. And then at some point he talks about how not having views depresses him. So... That's... <laughs> I'm gonna speak personally, Mariah, and then maybe you can elaborate on this, if you agree or disagree with this. Okay. But I think everyone, as far as... Because everyone is a content creator now. Everyone, really. If you post anything online at all, as far as a YouTube video, TikTok, stuff like that, you are, by default, a content creator. Now, whether or not you want to achieve fame and, and go viral, that's a whole different thing. But basically, everyone with a smartphone is a content creator now. And most people don't think about that kind of stuff. Most people just post stuff for their families to watch or to catch up with their friends from like far away, whatever the case might be. And they don't think twice about that. But some of us are trying to kind of chisel our way through and get through a bigger audience, stuff like that. And you see it when the numbers are not what you would like for them to be. Or at least I do. <laughs> yeah. At least I do for that matter. And when I say you, I, I say in general, not you specifically, Mariah. So you, like people, in, like you in general, like everyone out there, if you try to create content and you are trying to make an effort and put your best foot forward and just stuff like that, um, you see the numbers not be at the level that you want them to be and it's like hmm, what am i doing wrong like what's going on here like i'm awesome why are people not liking my stuff <laughs> <laughs> so have you ever felt like that before yes i have definitely i i feel like that more on my youtube channel actually versus my asmr podcast that i do by myself um i feel like my asmr podcast um there's actually a way on spotify now where you can actually see your subscriber account, like, I guess, like, the numbers. I don't know if you know about that. But, yeah, so you can see. So now I'm at 1502 last time I checked. So it's a huge following now. But my YouTube channel is so small. It's only, like, at 200 plus. And I've had my YouTube since... Um, I actually started uploading more last year. So um, I started in 2015 and just never really grown. Just local friends from Texas, South Texas. So it is really small. And I remember deleting everything, not deleting, but just having everything private so nobody would see it. So I remember thinking about deleting it. And then I got a message from someone saying that I actually helped them like mentally and that I helped with a lot of problems like depression and stuff. And I was like, okay, this 
was definitely a sign for me to keep going and doing what I love because I absolutely love it. I don't even care about like the money or whatever. I just care about helping anybody in the world. So that to me just pushed me. And so I was like, okay, I don't even care about the numbers right now. <laughs> I just care about like helping someone just see the sunshine. And yeah, so I... I um, made all my videos public again, and I was like, okay, I gotta keep trying, gotta keep trying, because I know I'm helping, and that's the main goal, is to help people know and smile that there is a brighter day coming. So yeah, it definitely can be discouraging, <laughs> but it's so nice when you get comments on any video, even if it's like five views, if you get any comments saying like, hey, I love this, it's like, wow, that one person can make a difference. And I think that goes a long way in the future. I think so as well. And I mean, as far as this podcast goes, we have a very niche audience. I think it's somewhere in the double digits, but uh, not as high as I would have liked for it to be now that we're going into almost our third year into this, mind you. But like you said, I mean, it's become more of a quality thing. Because yes. uh, I have made great acquaintances, you being one of them, of course. We met because I started this podcast with a different friend, Monica, who you also met before. Yes, and I, I remember, I I don't know, who who was it that message first? Was it you or me? I'm pretty sure that I reached out to you first. Okay, I just fell in love with y'all's show, and I was like, oh, <laughs> I love y'all. I love Shimmy and Monica. <laughs> and I remember just talking to y'all live for the first time on um, before, like recording before we oh, even yeah. started recording for the podcast. And I was like, I love y'all. Like, we talked for like hours. Yeah. On. I have that recording so much, though. It was. I don't, where was it? It was on. I think it was Skype uh, or... Skype. Yeah, it was yeah. Skype or Zoom. I'm not sure. It was one of them. And I was like, man, I talked to them all night long. Like, y'all were so fun. And it just felt like family. <laughs> I just, I couldn't stop talking to y'all. I was like, I love y'all so much. And it's just, y'all were so down to earth that I felt alive or something <laughs> I was like wow I love y'all like just everything about y'all just it made me feel like home and I think that's so special for the audience too because I mean when I came on the show I was I was a fan of the show so it was pretty amazing that y'all even reached out and wanted to even talk to me before the show, before we started recording. And I was like, oh my gosh, they like me. <laughs> and they kind of do, I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> it was it was crazy at the time to think, wow, like this, this show is so good. And I definitely love your input and a lot of the way your mind is with a lot of horror movies and stuff and just spooky stuff is so cool so it definitely brought me a lot of happiness in my life so well, thank you maria it makes me really happy to hear that and uh, i mean it's nice to have you on board now that you're a staff member at the, yeah. The podcast. <laughs> yeah i i love this show so much well thank you and like i really do mean that I, I appreciate that beyond any words that i could muster at this point i am 
blushing, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> no, but but see, the the point is the, the tie-in that I wanted to make with all this is that had it not been for me starting this podcast with my friend Monica, I would have never met you. I don't think. That's true. Yeah. And besides yourself, I've made other acquaintances through my podcast. People that have been guests on here. People that I've forged somewhat of a friendship with that I talk to every now and then, I message on, on Twitter and stuff like that, so stuff like that, it's it's really awesome. And I would take that camaraderie that I've built with, with uh, this group of people over having lots of views and not have that anymore, you know? And it, it sounds really cliche, like, oh, now you're saying that because you just, whatever, like, if you had the views, you wouldn't be saying that. <laughs> I agree. It's it's it is wonderful to it, it is. have that, of course. And we have this amazing opportunity because of the internet nowadays. I mean, if we lived in the nineties, this wouldn't be possible unless we're talking on the phone. Yeah, absolutely. On, that, on the house phone. <laughs> and the house phone, mind you, and that would be like a huge phone bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? Oh my. And that was, they used to charge you per minute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can you imagine just yeah. us rambling so much? Oh man, see, we've, we've been rambling for about 20 minutes already and we haven't even talked about the movie. <laughs> see, but all this stuff ties in with the movie because that's exactly what the movie was about. It's about some dude trying to build content, but I think he's going about it the other way. He wants to go the viral thing. Yeah, he hasn't. <laughs> and I'm sure people that go viral and are popular and have lots of views, they still have a down to earth. I would assume, I hope, that uh, they still value or place value in making friendships and acquaintances because of their podcast. And sometimes, mind you, it might be a little hard because, of course, life gets in the way, stuff like that. But, anyways, this guy is a little bit. You can start seeing, I think, me personally, me being the psychology major. In college signs that at least in the in this character something is not quite right when he's talking about being depressed like that i mean yeah it, it does kind of bring you down a little bit sometimes when your views aren't what you want them to be but he talks about being depressed and, and not being able to cope with it and then he develops this plan which he calls the lesson oh yes that was freaky to watch. I was like, oh no, what are we getting into? Like, oh yeah, yeah. I needed some popcorn for this one. <laughs> he starts talking about the lesson, which is going to be like his, his online tutorial on how to achieve lots of views and how to go viral and become famous overnight, basically. And you can kind of tell he's not all there, maybe. And I don't mean to sound judgmental, mind you. But something's not quite right about this guy. So he's a driver for a service similar to Lyft and Uber, which is called Spree. And so he outfits his car with all these cameras and microphones and neon lights and stuff like that. And he basically decides that in order to become famous, he needs to start killing people live. So, that's kind of a big jump from being depressed about not having views to like, okay, I know what I'll do. I'll get people in my car 
under the idea that they're gonna get a ride from me to go to, to their airport, whatever. But they're not gonna make it because I'm gonna kill them on the way. So when you found out what he was gonna do, what did you feel about that? I felt sick to my stomach because <laughs> I've actually, honestly, like I've been in, in Ubers before and Lyfts. And I remember, like, I remember I was like on my phone and they would ask me, the driver, they would ask me, oh, I see you're on Instagram. What's your Instagram? And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I'm in the back seat. And I'm like, what? how can you see that I'm on Instagram? <laughs> I was so scared. Um, but yeah, I've had people say, um, I want to follow you. Like, where can I find you? And I, I see that you're in your Instagram. What's your handle? Or something like that. And I remember I had one Uber, actually. I never told him my username and he found me oh, wow. i was like how did he do this and he was driving me to my hospital like appointment or whatever and um and i remember he he followed me and stuff and i remember he just kept sending me like weird messages and i was like okay this is getting scary wow. <laughs> block kind of thing and I remember not taking any water he did offer me water actually and this is real life real life uber experience he offered me water and I was like no no thank you <laughs> and I was so scared oh my god this is so but much like this movie that, yeah that brought me back to the movie because of what Kurt does next <laughs> It freaked me out. It brought me back to that scene where this random dude followed me on Instagram. He, I didn't tell him my Instagram username, and he followed me on there. I don't know how he found me, <laughs> but he did offer me water, too, and I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> but I was so kind, and I just kept talking to him, and I was so kind and nice. I was like, nope. <laughs> I know what crazy is because I'm crazy. <laughs> like laughing jokingly in my head, but yeah. So did you by any chance hear about any people disappearing in your area around that time? <laughs> um, I hope not. I mean, you hear it all the time in the news, but I was, I was getting like off vibes with this wow. guy. And this was, and I was, I was like a, I had just moved out of Texas and it was, I was very new to New Mexico. So this was like very new to me. And I was like, oh, I'm not playing. I have seen too many horror movies <laughs> in my life. Wow. So I'm not going to play this game. <laughs> and I know what to do in this situation. So. I didn't expect to some water, but I was so kind to him still. But, yeah, yeah wow. it's scary. See, I've never been on an Uber or Lyft, and I never intend to after watching this movie. Yeah, now <laughs> after watching this, I was I kept thinking about that guy messaging. I was like, oh no, yeah. I don't know if I want to do that. I'd rather have somebody else drive me. <laughs> Yeah, no, thank you. So, and if I ever do have the need, or, or if I find myself in an Uber because of whatever reason, I'm never going to take anything they offer. At all. <laughs> so, because what happens is, this guy puts poison in the water bottles. 
And so he basically offers the water to his customers. And if they have a sip or whatever, then that pretty much means they are dying. And then he takes them to this like landfill, right? This this uh, like a like a like an abandoned plot of land somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Oh yes, it looks almost like a abandoned car lot or yeah. something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like a junkyard, I think. Yes, junkyard is what I was getting. So the first person he picks up turns out to be this incredible douchebag, and. I wonder if they did that on purpose for the plot of the movie because the guy was completely unlikable, the one that he picked up. It was a guy that was going through some sort of a speech and he, he kept talking about how, well, just making a whole bunch of racist remarks, right? I'm not gonna be more specific than that. But Kurt being, I guess, I don't want to say decent, but <laughs> he's like, nah, man, being racist is not cool. What's wrong with you? And the other guy's like, nah, man, it's because of this and that, whatever. So in a way, it kind of makes you feel, I don't want to say happy that the guy died. But you're like, okay, I don't feel as bad as I would have felt if I was like, like a school guy, like a school girl or something like that that you picked up or, <laughs> or something. Like it's, it's, the guy's like a completely unlikable douchebag. I wonder if they put someone as unlikable as this guy first so that you kind of, okay, it's not that bad, kind of, as a movie viewer, right? And then the next person he picks up is some sort of a business lady. I think she's uh, into real estate. And she doesn't even acknowledge him. She's on the phone talking to someone. And he's trying to be, hey, how's it going? Good, good afternoon, whatever. My name's Kurt. And the lady isn't even paying attention to him. She's off, in this, she's off in her own little world. And then, by herself, she just grabs a water bottle. And drinks it. And that's it for her. And then the next person can pick up Mariah is some, some sort of a weird... I guess... I don't know what to call him. Frad boy kind of person? I would definitely say frat boy, for sure. <laughs> so then, of course, he's driving around, and he's trying to find a way to get rid of him. And along the way, they pick up somebody else, who happens to be a lady, a comedian, by the name of, I believe, Jesse Andrews. Jesse Adams, I'm sorry. Jesse Adams. And they have some sort of a weird exchange. She turns out to be somewhat popular on social media. So Kurt, of course, trying to achieve fame through social media, starts asking her all these questions like, oh, how do you do it? And what, what's, you know, what's your approach? And um, can you tag me on your stuff so people can see me and stuff like that? And that's important for later on in the movie. That's an important scene. And so she decides to just get off the ride because she's fed up with not only Kurt begging her to tag, her, tag him on social media, but also the other dude who's trying to hit on her. And when she's not accepting of his moves, he just becomes really obnoxious. More so than he already was. And then... Kurt takes the guy to, to the landfill water, and the guy gets out of the car. And Kurt changes his approach here, and he runs him over with the car. A couple times. 
Now, I wanted to ask you. At this point, he's already done about three murders, give or take. What was your thought process at this point in the movie? At first, honestly, like, because I know in the beginning of the video, you mentioned about wanting to go viral. And I just thought about early YouTube, where they would fake a lot of things. And how they would try to, of course, probably do, like, ketchup or, like, some super watery ketchup or something <laughs> to make it look, like, really real, realistically. Um, now, today, it is really, I think, hard to do. But, I mean, you can if you have special makeup for it <laughs> and the products for it. Of course, they sell it nowadays. But back then, it was really hard to achieve that because you didn't really know a lot of companies to, of course, um, get, like, special blood-looking stuff realistically and stuff. They weren't as popular before. So, at first, I thought, okay, watching this entire scene, I just thought, okay, it's, it's all fake. That was my thought process was, okay, this dude is faking it because that's what you did back in the day. You would fake it back on YouTube with fake blood or whatever and just think like, okay, yeah, this is totally not real. This is not real at all. <laughs> it brought me back to memories of like what I do now with my channel, with what I do with my blood. And I'm, I'm always show like the company and like the bottles that I use. I'm like, it is fake blood. It, says fake blood so it is fake blood don't worry i'm not doing anything bad <laughs> so i make sure when people know like hey this is all fake like i'm not this is not human part <laughs> this is plastic <laughs> and fake blood from like the halloween store so and I have receipts, too, <laughs> to cover my tracks, because I'm like, I'm not playing. Because, I mean, nowadays, it's like, you can't really trust, you know? But back in the day, though, from, this, from the setting of this film, it does seem very early 2000s, when YouTube was barely popular and stuff, started getting popular. Um, and so, yeah, you automatically, as an audience, you would automatically think, this is fake. So all of these scenes coming up to what you were saying, I just thought, oh, it's fake. It's just really good material that he's using. <laughs> and I was, I was starting to get more freak out as we continued the film. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> this is something else. I was like, oh, no wonder it's a viral. Wow. <laughs> That's very interesting because I, I didn't think about it that way. Um, I guess my thought process was more along the lines of how disconnected are we from each other that this guy is committing crimes online, streaming it, mind you, and no one's paying attention. That was my, my thought process. So, like, your angle was, is different, and I like that too, by the way, because I would have never thought of that. About the possibility that everything was just being staged. For, you know, as far as for getting likes and stuff like that. That's very interesting, too. But what I was thinking was what I, what I said that, man, like, we are so glued to the phone, and yet we are so disconnected from each other that this guy is doing these things, and no one is even watching or caring about it 
Except for the guy Bobby, that's allegedly his friend. He he secretly hates Kurt. I think. I absolutely agree. I I can <laughs> definitely see it, and you can see it in his eyes, where he actually kind of feels bad for him in a way, but is trying to be supportive. But at the time, it's it's like he's so frustrated. I guess he's gone to his last straw. I would say with him. Yeah. Yeah, and um, you actually do find out that. Bobby does hate him because Kurt, after doing that, oh, actually before he does that, before he goes to Bobby's house, he picks up these drunk people from a club or something. And it's funny because <laughs> these actors, or I mean, just in, in general in the movie, not the ones specifically in the scene, but this movie has some talent attached to it because Kurt's father is played by David Arquette. Scream! <laughs> exactly, Dewey from Scream. I was like, oh, I love him! <laughs> <laughs> and two of the people in this scene where he picks up the drunks from the club are Misha Barton, who I'm sure you might have seen somewhere. Yes, I think it was the OC and also um, the Hills. Um new beginnings on MTV. So I think they tried replacing Lauren Conrad and they tried putting Misha Barton in it. And it was just really weird. <laughs> so yeah, so she was like an early 2000s, um, I would say like it girl. She came out in a lot of like cover girl magazines and um, was it was in the early 2000s in the early um, like teen shows at the time, which was the OC, where she started, where she actually got her first big role, and so she was really famous for that one. Yeah, and I, she was like you said, some sort of an it girl. She was maybe going to be like one of those next big thing kind of actress, and then all of a sudden she just disappeared. Yes. Yeah, she just went off the radar. <laughs> and then I didn't see her again until like another like 10 years where she came out in MTV, The Hills, New Beginnings. I was like, oh, hey, I still watch that show and I didn't have any friends. <laughs> they were my friends. So I started watching it and I was like, oh, this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> and I never really watched the OC too much, but I liked her because, one, she's cute. Well, back then, I mean, I was younger than I am now. And so was she, but I think, <laughs> um, I was in college, I think, when the OC came out. And I liked her because she was cute and she also had a, uh, a British accent. I don't think she had it on the show, mind you, but she has it in real life. Yes, it's so cool <laughs> to hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I like girls with British accents. It's one of the things that I like a lot. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that, but... Um, so yeah, she kind of just disappeared, and I was really surprised. I did not expect to see her in this movie at all. And it's more of a cameo because she's only in the movie for like five minutes. But uh, the other actor uh, the that's in the scene, well, there's, there's two more. There's a girl and a guy. The guy is played by Ariana Grande's brother. Yes. Yeah, I was really excited to see him. It's funny because my alarm clock, since I was 18 years old, was um, is Ariana Grande. And so right now, it's I think it's Be All Right by Ariana Grande. And that's my alarm. <laughs> <laughs> it wakes me up every morning. I've been hearing that song since <laughs> when it first came out years ago. So it means everything's going to be all right. 
But yeah, I was really excited to see him in this film. I was like, whoa, I was not expecting that. I was like, wow, this is so cool. <laughs> I love, I love, and I actually went to go see her too. Um, and I remember she touched my hand as well at the concert and I actually got to see her perform. And I, I love her music, it's so good. I just, and also too, she was, she was a lot taller than me too, really? like in person. Yeah, because I'm 4'6", and she's, like, 5'1", five 5'2", five and I was like, whoa, this chick is way taller than me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's cute. Um, and so I just felt better w about wearing high heels, because I was like, if she can look that cute, I'm pretty sure I'm, like, adorable. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not adorable, but I, I like to think that, at least. So... Man, I, I didn't know this guy was her brother until I saw the, the Wikipedia page, and I was like, what? Because I Really? Heard, was I, this your first time? Yeah, I had never seen him, and according to the oh. Wikipedia page, he is a dancer, actor, singer, producer, television yeah, host. Yeah, he was in Big Brother. That was another, I guess, like, teen, <laughs> adult show, whatever. Wow, I mean, I, I've heard of Big Brother, but I, I never really saw it. Yeah, me neither, um, but I know he's... I think that's where a lot of people first saw him and thought, um, wow, he's really interesting. And then they find out later in the episodes that he's Ariana Grande's brother, like real life brother. And they're like, whoa, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> like, can you hook me up <laughs> with her? <laughs> kind of thing, which is really weird. But yeah. So yeah, that, 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 I thought that was kind of interesting that they brought people like this for an independent film. And so the three of them with Kurt are in the spree ride and he takes him to the abandoned car lot and he makes him think he's gonna make him have a good time like oh no just you know just uh, go up in the in the what, what do you call that the the window that opens in the roof of the car sunroof the sunroof um it's a sunroof yeah I have one in my car that I hardly drive <laughs> <laughs> so he opens the sunroof and he's, oh, come on, just just go up there and live a little. Just take pictures and stream and tell people what you're doing and who's t who's driving you. And so they do, and they have somewhat of a decent following, like the people that are in the car with him. And he talks to Misha Barton for a bit. And then all of a sudden, he kind of just parks the car and locks them with the sunroof. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> and you see these two dogs go up there and I'm assuming they're not gonna play fetch <laughs> unless it's with body parts um, <laughs> but the dogs maul the people I guess to death and he kills Misha Barton with a drill to her head so that's a very interesting scene that's it. It got so intense. I was like, is this fake or is this... Like, I don't know. I've seen so many horror movies where everything is fake. So at this point watching it, I was like, I don't know. But I'm scared. <laughs> but I like it. I like watching it, of course, because I know it's fake. But, See, but yeah. he's he's been changing his approach because he started off kind of soft, I guess. I don't use the word loosely soft with the poison the water bottles. It's a more subtle approach to ending someone's life, I guess. Not that I encourage anyone to do it, mind you. But then he goes on to, like we said, run the guy over, the other guy, 
with the car. And now he is letting his dogs eat the people and killing someone by putting a drill to their head. And the reason why he's doing that is that if you've been paying attention to his little exchanges with Bobby, Bobby's like, dude, your content is boring. You gotta do more interesting stuff. You gotta, like, make it more do fun. Do Jesse Adam. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So... Oh, he mentions her. Uh-huh. Basically, just kind of, I guess, up the ante, kind of, so to speak. So he's been trying to make stuff more gruesome. So then he goes to Bobby's house, and this is the scene in which he stabs Bobby. Because he goes to Bobby's house, and he's just there like, Hey man, you told me you were gonna stream my stuff and you haven't tagged me. And Bobby's like, dude, I'm asleep. Stop bothering me, like, I'm in my house, just leave me alone. <laughs> and Kurt insists, like, no man, you're, you're supposed to help me. And this is when Bobby kind of just like, okay, dude, like, chill. Like, this is gonna end right here, right now. So he turns on his streaming camera, Bobby that is, and he tells everyone, like all his followers, now nah, look at this guy, he's a loser, he used to be my babysitter, but now he just sucks because he, he's trying to leech off my fame, whatever, this and that, and this is when Kurt loses it and he stabs Bobby, and then Bobby pulls out a gun, and Kurt overpowers him and kills Bobby with his own gun. And then the comments, it's kind of hard to read. I, I, I'm going to, at some point, rewatch this movie, Maria, and kind of just pause when the comments are going on. Because since everything is streaming live, you're able to see some of the comments that people make as the scenes are happening. So some of the things that I was able to catch say something like, oh, this is so fake. Bobby, like, what are you doing? Who is this loser when talking about Kurt? And then, so... <laughs> Kurt basically takes over Bobby's account. And there was a really weird scene in the shower. <laughs> oh, yes. I was like, whoa, what is going on here? <laughs> Did he close my eyes? <laughs> Where he's like, you guys want me to show you my beep? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank God he doesn't show anything. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but I was really scared. I was like, oh, no. Should I close my eyes? <laughs> I was like, Steve, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Steve, stop it! You're supposed to be with that girl that you fell in love with. <laughs> so that's this, what I was thinking in my head. Oh man! So yeah, he, he kind of makes it seem like oh, I'm gonna show you my body, all of it, and he's like, <laughs> "No, I'm just kidding. I'm not gonna show you anything." And uh, so then his dad calls him, and his dad is some sort of a DJ, and his dad is. His name is Chris, and like we said earlier, he's played by David Arquette. So, little by little, as the movie goes on, this is like when he picks up his dad, is when you kind of start noticing, okay, this guy comes from a broken home. I mean, he's mentioned that before, like his dad divorced his mom. But he really doesn't like his dad. I, I would go even as far as saying he hates his dad. And he kind of blames him for... How he is. Yeah, the life he's has been leading so far. Because he tells us that nah you're you're a junkie and, and you left mom because you did drugs and so on and so forth. And they kinda get into it for a little bit. Back and forth, and then the dad says, Hey man, I know this DJ who's really popular, her name is Uno. She's gonna be at this club that I'm gonna DJ at for a little bit. And when I'm done, she's gonna start her set. And long story short, if you go with me. 
I can introduce you and you guys can like she can tag your your stuff on her accounts so Kurt's like okay whatever let's go and they get there and the DJ of course being a personality she's not really paying attention too much to what's going on around her and she's kind of just busy with her with her phone and doing her thing and then all of a sudden Kurt tells her off because he knows she's not going to tag her, or him. And now you guys are losers, you suck, I'm out of here. And then as he's about to drive away, the DJ says, Hey, I want to go to a food truck. <laughs> so take me to a food truck. <laughs> Which I thought was kind of random. But he takes her to the food truck. And he leaves her in the car. And... This is when you start seeing. Uh, I was gonna say Steve. <laughs> when you're gonna start, Kurt. yeah. When you start seeing Kurt become more and more unhinged, like more. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know what the word is, but he doesn't care anymore because he approaches this girl in the line of the food truck, and he starts talking to her, and he starts being really creepy with her. And then he mentions, oh, I'm here with a DJ. And she's like, oh, who's the DJ? And she kind of starts becoming a little bit interested. And then he starts talking about making a sex tape with her. And I was like, whoa, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like that's gone too far. <laughs> yeah, so the girl's like, okay, I'm out of here. Bye. See ya. Never talk to me again. <laughs> kind of thing. And then he goes back to the car with the food. And he sees that Uno, the DJ, has taking a sip of the poison the water and she's passed out in the seat now he doesn't know she's still alive <laughs> this was a very unexpected scene for me Maria. i don't know about you yes i i was i was definitely not expecting what happens next <laughs> i was like whoa this looks like a night gone wrong for some reason what happens next is he sees some cops go and stop for some food at the same food truck. And he freaks out. He dumps the bottle of water from the car. The cops see it. And they see the girl kind of just passed out on the seat. So they're like, oh, let's go talk to this guy. He looks a little weird. And so they approach the car. And Kurt tells them, oh, this is my girlfriend. She's just passed out. She had a little bit too much to drink. We're gonna, we're gonna, I'm, I'm going to take her home. But we stop for some food so she can sober up and feel better. And the cops are like, nah, show me your license and registration and get out of the car. The whole nine yards, right? The whole the sobriety test, even. They make him do, like, the counting backwards or whatever. And at this point, is what I thought was the most unexpected random scene in the movie. Especially because you don't know what happens after. The DJ wakes up. And she's freaked out, so she grabbed a gun that Kurt had in the car. And she shoots a police officer in the head with it. <laughs> so I was like, where did that even come from? Like, how did that... And then she just, just runs away. <laughs> so 
try to put yourself, Mariah, in the shoes of the cops. Or at least the one that survived, the one that didn't get shot in the face. So, you kind of stop for food because eh, it's been a long night, whatever, let's just get some tacos or whatever. You find what appears to be some drunk kid with his girlfriend in the car. Which we now, we know it's not the case, but the cops might think that. And as you're doing a routine, kind of just by the numbers thing, the girl wakes up and shoots your partner in the face. Not only that, but then she runs away. <laughs> so what would you think if you were that cop in that moment? I would think this was some crazy scientific gone wrong <laughs> experience. I'd be like, uh-uh. I skipped this science class right here, right now. Because it's weird because like the cop even sees her too in the car. And she's like, how? It's like, how did you look so dead and out of it? And then the next moment that happened. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was maybe like an instinct of a bad dream and it just your first instinct is to of course try to protect yourself or think maybe you're in danger I, I would think <laughs> that would be my thought process was oh no I'm in danger somebody touched me or something because you do see the cop trying to kind of look at her like hey like why is she asleep? <laughs> yeah. Kind of thing. So maybe in some dream thought process, maybe she saw him staring at her. So I just, I just thought, <laughs> oh no, I would not like to be this guy at all in this movie. <laughs> and then I think about like science, like, cause you never know. I mean, there's so many people out in the world that would love to experience, to experiment on you different things. And I just kept thinking true crime. I was like, oh, no, this is not good. <laughs> right here, what's going down? And, yeah, it definitely was, was a little bit like, wow, what just happened right now? But, my yeah, definitely my first impression was a scientist experiment just gone wrong. <laughs> so. so let me see if, if I understand what you're trying to say here because i'm like a little hmm but do you mean <laughs> no like like do you mean maybe that the girl was scared because she kind of realized that something was in that water that and also too because i know it's really weird the way i'm about to the way i'm about to explain this but in my dreams like i've actually seen things and in real life, um, like I remember one time seeing my brother and I, I was having sleep paralysis. And I remember seeing my brother trying to wake me up and he was actually trying to wake me up in real life and stuff when I had sleep paralysis. So I thought maybe some way in her mind, maybe this thing that's in her water that she took, maybe it possibly gave her that sleep paralysis um imagination of some sort and she can actually see what was going on with her eyes closed or something i don't know because i know it, it can happen because I've, I've experienced it um and my brother has told me that he tried waking me up and i was just asleep and i remember seeing him trying to wake me up so i thought maybe her first instinct was maybe she had some type of 
sleep paralysis, having this water bottle, and then seeing the cop and thinking, oh no, he's danger. Because he's saying like how out she was or how pretty she was or something like that. Yeah, she, I don't remember. Yeah, he was, he was making some weird remarks about her. Yeah, and I thought, oh no, that's danger for a girl to hear. <laughs> so I just thought, oh no, dear, what did you just do? <laughs> like, you did not want to say that or just be like staring at her like that. And I just, I just thought maybe she was in some type of sleep paralysis mood that she actually did see him and thought, oh no, this is danger, danger. Like he's trying something on me. So that's kind of like what I gathered from watching this scene. I hadn't thought about it, about that that way. But yeah, I, I think maybe uh, you're right in the sense that she might have been experiencing some sort of like a, uh, maybe like a lucid dream. Not, not a, I, I don't know what the term is, but she might have been aware of what was going on, but she was like asleep. Because I've heard about stuff like that before where people are aware. Maybe like, uh, they, of course, they don't talk about that in the sense, in this sense in the movie. But I have heard about people who are either asleep or maybe even passed out because they're having a surgery or something like that and they can see what's going on around them and they can hear everything and they can feel stuff too so maybe i mean like, like i said i mean they don't talk about that in that sense in the movie specifically but maybe she was having some sort of experience like that which i think is what you're trying to say right that right even though she was out like i guess asleep she might have been somewhat somehow aware of what was going on around her and as soon as she was able to wake up completely, she's like, oh, danger, Poof, shot to the face. <laughs> to the first person that she saw, which incidentally happened to be a cop, mind you. But my question is, we never hear from her again. So I don't know if the cops chased her down because she was supposed to DJ after Kurt's dad in that club, mind you. And we never find out if she actually showed up, or if she got arrested, or what happened to her. So, that's a question that this movie does not answer for me. Yeah, that was freaky <laughs> to watch. I was like, whoa, that's trippy. <laughs> so, anyways, after that whole incident, Kurt runs away, he drives away. And he's driving through traffic the wrong way. And cops are chasing him down. And he's getting all these streams on people's accounts. Hey, look at this guy. He's crazy. Look at him. Like, car chase, whatever. Like, the cops are after him. And he comes across this place where, like, a whole bunch of homeless people live. And makeshift tents, stuff like that. And he's like, oh, look at me. I'm going to run these guys over because no one cares. Like, they don't care about anything. And he even says something to the effect of, like, how can these people not care that the world doesn't even know they're here? So, I thought that was kind of a deep line for a movie like this. <laughs> a little bit philosophical, maybe. Yeah, it was, it was really sad to see, because every time I do go to California, you always do see homeless people and stuff, and it's just it's so... It's so heartbreaking. And I really didn't like that part, of course, in the movie. 
I was like, I want that. And it's so true. It's so true. It's like people don't want to approach homeless people. And that is really sad in real life. See, but I was going to say that you're looking at it from the humanist perspective. Like you care about the people and, and you would like to help them if you could. Right. Right. But me, because I know the kind of person you are. But Kurt was thinking about it the other way. Like these homeless people aren't doing anything to make themselves noticed. They're just there. And like, basically Kurt was frustrated at them because he thought they weren't doing anything to make themselves famous. So I don't know what I'm, uh, I don't know if I'm making my, myself clear here, but he basically made it seem like he hated the homeless people at that point because they had no social media presence, which should be the least of their concerns, mind you. As a homeless person, I would want to, first of all, secure food and shelter. <laughs> I don't care about having likes on Instagram at that point in my life, if I ever get to that point, which I hope I don't. But see, so, so, so you can, I guess my, my, my point is that he's got his priorities all wrong. Kurt, that is. So instead of understanding that these homeless people would very likely appreciate a sandwich more than a phone to post stuff to social media with. I don't know if that makes sense. I definitely think so. So, yeah, I guess long story short, my rant, <laughs> my point about all that was that I think this is like another another sign that Kurt is not really all there mentally. There's some he's got some sort of mental condition because he's not recognize recognizing that the priorities should be hey, I don't care about Instagram. I want food and shelter first of all because I'm homeless, right? So he decides to run them over and he crashes the car he's riding. And I would have thought, well, that's the end of him. He's going to get caught and the cops are going to arrest him. But I realized there's still about 20 minutes left in the movie <laughs> at this point. <laughs> so he decides to go to the comedian's show from earlier. The comedian that he had picked up, Jesse. And I guess he's going to try to kill her on stage because he has a gun with him. And mind you, this whole time he's been streaming. I don't think we've mentioned this, right? He's been streaming the entire night on the cameras and his phone and, and the car. So he goes to the club where Jesse's giving her show. And he shows to the audience that he's got a gun in his hand. So my idea is that he intends to kill Jesse in, li in the live stream. But then Jesse goes on a different direction with her show. Instead of making all these jokes about stuff, I mean, she jokes about the guy before her because he's kind of a sleazebag. And then he jokes, she jokes about Kurt. Like, oh man, earlier on I was in this ride on, on Spree and this guy that was a passenger was annoying as hell. And she even posted the guy on her account. And then she talks about Kurt. Man, this driver was annoying. He was just 
begging me for for a tag or a mention in my stuff and this and that whatever and then she she goes and, and says but that's me too so that's kind of like a really deep moment in the movie i guess but uh <laughs> i agree for sure mm -hmm. so have you ever felt the need to disconnect from social media Absolutely, and I, I do that very often. <laughs> I'll like take like a day or two. Um, sometimes um, I'll take maybe a month. Like when we have our breaks when we for the podcast, that's usually also when I like take breaks too, like off social media. Um, but, you know, it's 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 kind of crazy because I do have a lot of people that do care about me for some reason. I'm like, I don't know why. I'm like, I'm not totally cool. <laughs> <laughs> but they always check on me. They always think, because I guess, because they know the traumatic life that I've had when I was a little girl. So they always want to make sure that I'm, like, I'm alive and breathing and okay and safe. So I do feel bad about some friends when I do leave social media for a little, just a little bit. Maybe like maybe less than a week or so, um, but it's crazy because I've had like my real friends reach out because I turn off my phone and they reach out to family while I was visiting family in Texas. They're like, "Hey," they message like my immediate family. They message like my dad and said, "Like, hey, I haven't heard from her. Is she okay?" <laughs> like, <laughs> what? <laughs> so that kind of freaked. It, it's weird because I know them since I was a little girl, you know, in person. So it is, it's still wild to me to think, wow, people care about me that much that they would go the extra mile just to make sure that I'm alive. And it's really sweet, but it, it's a little scary, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, when it comes to, of course, like my immediate friends and stuff. Um, any other people, I'm always like, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's scary. <laughs> um, but only like a few circles that I'm I just appreciate it. And though it's it's a little out there, but it's definitely appreciated. And I love taking social media breaks because it is really good to just disconnect just just for a day or two, even at the maximum would be so empowering because I feel like you get back to your I guess I want to say like your goals in life and try to just regather yourself in some way and relax and breathe <laughs> and enjoy life because it's so short and you want to enjoy every moment that you can I agree with you and I'm gonna sound like the old man screaming at clouds here. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I have a moment like that in every episode, don't I? Yes, you do. <laughs> and I like that about the show. <laughs> so, I mean, basically, I'm almost 40 years old, so I'm not too old just yet. But I was fortunate enough, and I'm going to use that word not sarcastically. I, I really appreciate having been born in the time that I was. Because, of course, these are different times from the times that I was uh, a teenager or even a 20-something. And 
And I grew up without all these things, without internet, without social media, without YouTube. And people today, and I, I mean younger people, mind you, like people in, like, that are anywhere from kids to their mid-twenties, maybe, early twenties. I don't believe they understand how different the world was back then. Because they grew up in a time in which that stuff was very readily available. And it's becoming more and more available to all of us as time goes on. So people like me, for example, my age and older, we're playing catch up all the way or all the time. <laughs> with the new technologies and stuff like that and, and that kind of makes me feel older times <laughs> <laughs> but I mean I'm, I'm usually okay with technology it takes me a couple of minutes to figure it out but then I, I, I okay yeah, I got this <laughs> <laughs> but my point is that we didn't have that back then and we survived we were okay we had other, other forms of entertainment you know, we had TV we had movies we had video games stuff like that so it wasn't like we lived in the Stone Age, but for all intents and purposes, it might feel to younger people like we did because we didn't have the internet. <laughs> I can totally see that. I mean, me without inter internet was like five years old, so I can definitely understand <laughs> your your view on that for sure. I mean, even though I was, I was a child. <laughs> <laughs> so the first time that I ever used the internet was in middle school and I was like, 12 or 13 years old and okay. it was it was nothing like what it is today it was just a whole bunch of text and pages you have to read a lot so how old are you right now <laughs> 38 38 okay so yeah so we're we're almost like about like 10 10 years yeah before. yeah so yeah so when you were 12 i was two yeah <laughs> 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 yeah that's not even... You were a toddler, my friend. Uh. <laughs> I was like, I don't understand anything you're saying, Chewie. <laughs> so, see, but I mean, like, I think I was born in the perfect time because I was able to catch both sides of the coin here and still be able to appreciate... Because, I mean, I love the internet, mind you. I don't hate that. Like, that I hope that's not what's coming across here from me. Yeah. <laughs> Because... Yeah, that's the thing you're saying that. Like you, yeah, because don't hate the internet. That's not what I'm trying to say at all. There are very good, good no. things. No, of course, of course. I mean, I, but I, I was able to grow up in the world before it and live through the world as it adapted it. And now becoming older in a world in which it's become a part of everyday life for everyone, basically. So... I agree with you when you say that, you know what, it's okay, because I, 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 I remember when I was a kid and I get nostalgic about it and sometimes I take a break from social media for a couple of days to remind myself of how it was back then. Like man, I was like a 12 year old and I didn't have a Facebook, I didn't have a Twitter, I didn't have all this, I survived. I can live without it for a couple of days. And basically, the more that I extend that break, the more comfortable I am without those things. Does that make sense? Yes, and you get more of like a comfortableness in your skin, where you feel 
alive again and not pressured or stressed and stuff. It's really weird, like mindset-wise. But yeah, I feel like the internet is kind of like what we have also in real life. Like we have novels that we can touch and read. Um, we have VHS movies that we can pop onto <laughs> our TV without the cable. <laughs> Just need an old school TV and VHS player. Um, we can go shopping for clothes in real life. And so those moments in our everyday real life and work-wise, whatever, whatever we do, it's, it's amazing just how cool it is to do real life stuff. See, but yeah. you, Mariah, I mean, and I hope I'm not um, making assumptions here, but I, I would imagine that you were able to catch maybe the very tail end of what I was talking about earlier. Absolutely. You're talking about appreciating going to the mall, maybe, or to the shopping center? I or... love going to the mall. I club at Walmart <laughs> all the time. I love clubbing at Walmart. <laughs> they just gave me a but mental yeah. picture. <laughs> like, you know, of like you going to the electronics department and cranking the music and then opening up a can of beer and just drink there. <laughs> yeah, like, like screaming out. Like just going hard. In the home like, theater yeah, section. Living my best, yeah, like living my best <laughs> life with like a Chucky doll <laughs> that I found in the store. <laughs> and just may maybe like kissing Chucky on the cheek. <laughs> yeah, I can, I, can, I can see that happening. That sounds very like me. <laughs> For me, the thing is that I think a lot of younger people don't look forward to doing those kinds of things. And it's okay because it's different times. I think it's like old people stuff. <laughs> exactly. See, it's okay because it's different times. I'm not trying to judge them, you know? It's it's a different way of life. It's, I mean, it's not what you and I grew up with. So I know a lot of younger people who hate the idea of being in public. They hate the idea of having to go to a store and pick something up. Why? Because they can just press a couple of the buttons and order it from Amazon. And to them, it's a lot more convenient than having to get in a car and ride for you know, 20 minutes and get to the mall <laughs> and walk among the people and talk to people, God forbid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's good that I'm an extrovert because I love talking <laughs> to anyone. <laughs> I could, I totally talk to everyone. <laughs> See, and again, I'm not trying to judge them because it's a different way of life. And that is where life is heading to, I think. I think in the future, a lot of those shopping centers are going to disappear altogether. I mean, and you've, you've seen it in the past few years, how malls have been disappearing little by little. Yes, and it's so sad. I try to go to my mall like once a month because I love it. Because they have, well, my nearby mall, they have a lot of like oddities and horror stuff at this one store and they have a lot of creepy dolls and creepy stuff in a wall like ooh bones <laughs> <laughs> that I can wear <laughs> and try on in the store and it's so pretty I love it let me give you an example just today today I had some I mentioned to you that I had some family drop by unexpectedly on my mom's side so one of my my aunts and a couple of my cousins and their kids showed up and they're not from town. They're from out of town. They're from Mexico, actually. And they're like, hey, let's go shopping. So I'm like, sure, you know, whatever. I'm off today from work, so. We went shopping to the outlet mall. So it's about maybe like a 30 minute drive from here. And normally that outlet mall would have been packed. 
because it's uh, vacation time in Mexico. For Easter, they give their kids the whole week off. That's kind of like their spring break over there. And there was hardly any people there. I mean, mind you, the weather was not nice. It was kind of cool and, and rainy. But that's never stopped them in the past. Not only that, but the stores had very little stock compared to what they would used to have in the past. So I'm seeing it. I'm, I'm calling it. I think that Outlet Mall is not going to be there in 20 years. Tops. That is really sad. Yeah. And the reason we're talking about all this is because <laughs> in the movie, when going back to the movie, it, it all connects, mind you, because what Jesse said in her show is that, you know what? I'm done with this for now. I'm going to just give up my social media presence. It's making me act like someone that I'm not, that I don't want to be. It, it's just taking my life over, and that's not what I want for myself. And she even goes as far as destroying her phone on stage. And as she's talking about these things, she notices that people are not really understanding what she's trying to say. No, because I think they're so consumed. <laughs> yeah, because everyone's recording oh Everyone's recording her and taking pictures and, and posting, oh, I'm, I'm at her show, and oh my god, look at me. And she's like, no, like I'm, I'm taking a break from social media. And then she's okay, at one point she says, okay, I'm seeing people, the reactions here, and you, know, you guys are a little freaked out right now, but bear with me. And she goes on a little bit more about how social media is, is kind of just transforming her life in a way she never thought it would. And that's when she destroys her phone on stage and everyone's like, yeah, yeah. Like, missing the point completely, I think. <laughs> because everyone posts that stuff online. Her destroying her phone. And even the guy who's like, I guess her friend, or I'm gonna use that term loosely. He's like some creepy dude that's like stalking her <laughs> all night. Yeah, I think he definitely has a very strong crush or maybe like a strong obsession that is is displaying as a friend, but it looks like, no, dude, you are not trying to be her friend. You're trying to be more than that and really creepy too. Yeah, he is creepy, but he won't leave her alone. He's chasing her with his phone in his hand, like, hey, I'm Jesse backstage, you know, ooh, that was a great show. And, and she's like, dude, leave me alone. So... There you see this guy completely missed the point of her show, of her speech. Of course, Kurt did as well, because Kurt's mind is not all there, I think. So, he manages to pick her up after the show. Because what he does is, he calls a driver from a different app. That's, I guess, his competition. And you don't see him doing it, but I'm pretty sure he kills the driver and takes the car over. So when it so happens that Jesse gets a ride in this app, he is her driver again. And this is where you like realize he's completely lost it. He's like, he's uh, basically gonna kidnap her and kill her. And he's talking about all these things like, oh yeah, like, I'm all about love now, and I love you, and, and this and that, whatever. 
And it's like, dude, what's wrong with you? <laughs> like, but we've been getting hints all through the movie that, of course, he feels like his family was not supportive in his mind. He wishes his family would have stayed together, that it would have been a better family life. And I think that might have affected him as he was growing up. And his need for social media attention comes from the need of attention from his parents that he feels he didn't get. Yeah, I definitely agree. I do feel like at times he probably, it probably would have been better if he did have, of course, um, I guess like the care and love at home when he was a little boy and unfortunately he didn't and that was really sad to kind of see so i mean it's kind of like a deep analysis i guess but that's kind of what i got from from after watching the whole movie i was like okay maybe what they're trying to say is that by him craving that much attention online it's just a substitute or the attention he wanted to have from his parents. I was lucky enough that I have, I mean, I, I'm, I am lucky enough that I still have both my parents and I get along with them great still to this day. But I know a lot of people don't because of one reason or another, right? And right. unfortunately, families are not staying together as often anymore. And of course, again, that's for different reasons. And if you feel like you're in a family situation and you don't want to be there anymore because of stuff that's going on, by all means, I encourage you get out. You know, like if you're in a, like in a situation in which things aren't working out anymore, or worse still, there's abuse going on. By all means, try to find a way out, please. But it's becoming more and more common that that families don't stay together anymore. So you see a lot of of kids not being adjusted and and again i don't mean to sound judgmental here but i worked in schools and i met met a lot of kids who basically would tell me like no sir i misbehave because i want my parents to notice me like when they come to school it's the only time that i see them together so you hear that so many times from kids that are like 12 13 14 years old and you're like man like wow like, these things do get to the kids. Like, it may seem like they're not affected by it, but they are. In, in a much deeper level than you might think. I know we got all dark and depressing here. I'm, I'm sorry about that, Mariah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you're fine. Yeah, I, I can definitely agree. Um, my, my parents got divorced when I was a little girl, but they were married for, like, 10 years or so, or something like that. Um... So, of course, I definitely saw a lot of, um, I guess I would say a lot of difficulties along the way, but I'm so happy that, um, I feel like it was more my mom, <laughs> actually, in real life, where she would show real love to me, and I'm, I'm, I'm forever grateful that she did show me what true love was, because... I think that definitely helped me 
um, shape the person that I am today or trying to be <laughs> or trying to be like somebody that I think she would be proud of. That's that's the way I see it now. Um, my dad, on the other hand, it, it came a long time, but he came around <laughs> and um, he's he's such an amazing daddy and stuff. And um, I'm really proud to call him my dad. Um, and always have just he was I guess not matured at the time growing up <laughs> and that's okay a lot of people just I know some people just have different stuff going on in their lives or they're not at the point to where they should be at their time of their life with especially children involved I feel like um, but it is it's it's pretty it's, it's, I find it as, as a blessing if at least one of the parents shows up when the other doesn't. And I think that goes a long way into adulthood. It's like, you know what, I could have had two parents, but at the time when I needed at least something, I had something. And that was the most beautiful thing to me. Um, and so yes, I, I I do I do see it like that, and and seeing Kurt, it just it really did hurt me. I was like, man, what if he had a a real friend that just asked him like, hey dude, are you okay? Do you need help? You know, what is it that you're trying to achieve? Or just reach out and be a good friend. I just think about the different choices he would have made maybe in life. Yeah, I feel like that is a huge lack, actually, I think, in real life. It's like... I think a little support goes a long way. Yes. I think. So, in, in his case, for example, Kurt, the character in the movie, I agree with you. I think if he had some someone there for him, like, that really actually cared about him, then maybe his life would have been different, and he would have not decided to do these things. But... I talk about all this, Mariah, because it does, of course, have to do with the movie in the sense that in the final scenes, we he takes the girl home, Jesse, and he's going to try to kill her, but she escapes because his cameras are falling when he's driving, and he stops to, I guess, adjust them again. The girl drives the car through his house. And then we find out that Kurt has killed his mother. And this happened in the very beginning of the movie. There's a scene in which he's about to take off on his spree ride. And you hear the mom calling him like, hey, Kurt, whatever. And he says, oh, I forgot something. And he goes into the house for a couple seconds. And then you see him take off. So you find out in the very end of the movie that at the beginning he killed his mom. And then his dad shows up. And he's like, what happened here? Like, who are you? Like, he, he talks to the girl, to Jesse. What have you done? You, you drove your car through this house, whatever. He's arguing with her. And then Kurt shows up and shoots him. His dad. Not just once or twice, but several times. He pretty much empties the entire clip on his dad. So, Jesse 
realizes this guy has lost it completely at this point, and she basically just crushes him with a car against the wall of the house. And that is how Kurt's life ends. Also. A couple minutes ago I was talking about how important it is for families to kind of support each other and stuff like that. Even in situations in which you can't be together because of divorce or stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean, that, that, that stuff definitely plays a part in a person's development, for sure. And mind you, the way that we see it in the movie is an extreme case. It's not always going to happen like this. I mean, of course not. In the sense that someone's going to go completely unhinged. But it does affect their mental health. I mean, it, it does affect people in a much deeper level than you might think. And at the very end, even Jesse kind of gives in to the pressure because she sees on the phone after she has run, run Kurt over with a car. Take a picture with him, take a picture with him, take a picture with him. And she does take a picture with him after he's dead and then at the very end of the movie there's like a little ending sequence where you see her being interviewed and there's articles being written about her because she basically stopped a serial killer she pretty much became even more famous on social media at that point and then you see stuff popping up about Kurt people talking about him on the internet like hey what ha whatever happened to the guy Kurt like oh he died whatever that and you start seeing kind of like little screenshots of the chats whatever that people make and it's oh he was awesome and this and that whatever and it's like dude like how is that awesome he killed people <laughs> but I guess maybe they're trying to show uh, I'm going kind of like a on a long rant Maria I apologize <laughs> oh no, you're fine. <laughs> but just to, to end my side of the story here. I think they're trying to show how... This is a word that's been overused in the past few years, and it's just like, oh, but it, it fits in this situation because it just seems like they're trying to show how toxic the internet can be. In the sense that sometimes people praise stuff that should not be praised. If that makes sense. I definitely agree. There are definitely lots of things. I was like, oh no, what? <laughs> but yeah, definitely agree with that. So, what do you think of the movie, Mariah, overall? Overall, it definitely reminded me of... <laughs> it's, it's funny, because I always, I always do get scared. <laughs> like, I think that's why I... When I do, like, my... Spooky stuff, always, I'm always very careful with, like, um, mask and stuff, just because I, I think, I think it would make the person not interested in some way, <laughs> and also for my privacy, too, um, I just, I don't know, because I've had, um, crazy stalkers, like, at least two in the past that were, like, really obsessed and scary. Um, where the cops had to be involved and stuff like that. So um, it definitely was real life scary. <laughs> um, and yeah, that was like not pretty whatsoever. But um, 
but at the same time, even though a lot of like scary stuff has happened to me in my life, I'm still like, I still want to be a good friend to anyone in the world. Because I feel like that is why I'm still here, alive in this world, is, is to help people. Um, I definitely feel that in my soul, that I'm still here and breathing every day is to help other people. And so even though I've had like so much true horror stuff <laughs> in my life, I always, I always think about how, and I don't ever want anyone to feel how I felt at different points in my life and depressed or sad in any way or anything. It's just a horrible feeling and just being a good listener or just being there for someone in their darkest times of need is is pretty special. Um, and I, I think that's, I guess that's like the lightest good thing about the internet is being a good friend to everyone, I would say. Um, even though there are so many scary people and have actually experienced that, it's pretty amazing. And I see this um, in the movie with Jessie where she's like, where she comes out of her social media break and of course takes, um, of course, a different route and stuff and kind of shares her story. And I love sharing and it kind of reminded me of me a little bit where I was like, oh my, I've had a stalker before and I've gone through like crazy stuff that just sound too insane for it to even be real, but it definitely did happen. And I just think that is pretty amazing that we can help so many people that would definitely appreciate so much of the little time that we give to others goes a long way. So yeah, so seeing her story in this in this movie was really inspiring. And it definitely reminded me to, of course, keep taking like, you know, first little me, social media breaks and stuff. Um, I'll probably definitely be gone for a long time, like if there's like health needs or like family needs, but always update anyone, you know, when it comes to that stuff. So yeah, it was, it was really interesting. And also to just be careful always in anything you do, if it's online, um, it's funny because me nowadays, <laughs> it's funny because back in the day, I used to always have everything public and now I'm like, nope, private everything or just, if I do have anything public, it's always like anonymously, um, like people can send in questions to me too anonymously and that's like the only thing that I think I have public in my channel as well and um, the podcast, of course. So yeah, so other than that, like everything else that I do share, it's it's private. Because I'm like, I don't know, <laughs> just want to be extra careful and stuff like that. So first of all, like I want to say that what you do is admirable because I think after just one scary experience, I would just give up on life. <laughs> well, not life, but <laughs> like on, on what you do because yeah, I mean, you're still there trying to be positive and uh, be helpful for anyone who might need help. 
as far as just reaching out and having someone to talk to every now and then. And it's sad that you have had to resort to making your stuff private because of people like that. That should never be the case, I think. But yeah, I mean, like to me, the, that's the, the takeaway that you are still a very positive person. You are probably the most positive person I know, Maria. And I mean that as a compliment, mind you. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. Everyone has always told me that. They're like, man, you've gone through like some horrible stuff, but you're still like pushing through. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I don't know why, <laughs> but I do. You've shared some stuff with me, and I know you've gone through rough stuff, and you're going through rough stuff as we speak. And even then, I'm used to keep a very positive mindset, and that's admirable to me. That's, that's something that I really appreciate, because I know that even if you have all that stuff going on. If I ever need anything, I can just reach out to you. And you'll be there. Right. All the time. <laughs> For anyone. <laughs> I know the kind of person that you are. And and I wouldn't do that, mind you. Like, as far as I wouldn't be bugging you 24-7. <laughs> oh, that's fine if you do. No, no, but I know that if, if I just need someone to, like, kind of listen to me for a couple minutes, I know you'll be there. And that's something that I really appreciate a lot. So thank you for being there, Mariah. Of course. You're welcome. Uh, and, and you're showing that by being a co-host of this podcast because <laughs> when uh, Bell had to stop helping me with the podcast, you were the first person that I reached out to and, and you said yes right away. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So about the movie, yeah, I mean, I think I pretty much covered everything that I wanted to say about it as far as the content and how it relates possibly in my perspective at least, to mental issues and the way the world has changed over time, especially when it comes to the internet and technology. So I think we are ready, Mariah, to, unless you have something else to share for us, go on to our scores. Yes, go on to the scores. All right, cool. So how many... <laughs> I kind of lost my, my train of thought for a minute, excuse me. How many Ubers do you give? Oh no, that's scary. <laughs> do you give uh, the, the movie out of 10? Hmm. Um, I would probably... That's a really good question. <laughs> um, I... Honestly, I don't really know. <laughs> because it's, it's, it also seems very like real life stuff. So it is really educational for sure for content creators. I'm like, <laughs> oh man, this is really good stuff. Um, so I would probably give it a strong eight. Even though there were a lot of cheesy parts, it was, I would say an eight because it is really educational. Just, just to prepare yourself for the possibilities of anything, absolutely anything. And just, you know, just be aware. And also, you don't have to be super closed off with people, but just, just have it in the back of your head. <laughs> like anything is possible kind of thing. So I would give this an eight because I think it's, it's really good. It shows a lot of what we actually do experience in real life and the true horrors um, that many women do go through. 
And I can't even imagine what, you know, men also go through as well. Like it goes both ways. Um, and just the, the backstory on that, I was like, whoa, that's, that's scary. But also too, being, being a good friend to people. So I, I really, I really did enjoy this. So I would give it an eight. All right. Uh, I'm going to agree with you give this an eight also. Eight Ubers out of 10. It's an interesting film, but I agree with you when you say that there are some parts that are a little cheesy or a little bit weird, maybe. And yeah, <laughs> I think I talked about pretty much everything that I wanted to say, and I don't want to repeat myself, so no. It is scary when he gave the score icon as the uber I'm like oh no <laughs> it just sounds scary <laughs> but i love it <laughs> how many ubers yes um <laughs> so are we calling kurt the villain in this i guess we kind of have to because he is a zero killer yeah yeah and it is it is really unfortunate but yeah i would absolutely say yes I'm not doing this because I want to, but we kind of have to call him the villain in this. Um, he is a little bit sympathetic, but at the end of the day, he's still killing people out there. So, how many skulls for him out of 10 and why? Oh man, skulls on like, I guess, how good he is? Or just overall, like the movie character? Um, I guess you can do it your own perspective or whatever you feel like you need to score him. <laughs> <laughs> I would give him honestly like a strong nine character wise um, from the movie based on because it does show that he of course you know lacked in of course childhood and many people do and it's really sad and it's it's good to even friends wise at such a young age to let them know like you're there for them and um and i just feel like it definitely starts when you're really young and just the progress throughout the film and everything that went down it's it's like wow this is this is real life stuff so his character is is a very strong character where I feel like this is something that you would absolutely encounter maybe once in a lifetime probably. So I would definitely give him a nine. Just it is real real. And also too, it's really weird because I know a lot of people love found footage movies, but this one definitely had like the early two thousands uh YouTube uh creator found footage type of thing ish to it. So that was kind of interesting. And I really did like that type of um, video editing, I guess, throughout the movie was the found footage vibe to it. But it was it was more streaming, of course. But it did feel at some points that it was the found footage, but I was like, ooh, this is kind of cool. And then it got like too interesting. I was like, whoa. <laughs> So also fans too of like found footage, I think they would definitely be very interested in, in some ways in this film. I agree with you, my friend. And 
For me, I'm gonna give him an 8 on the skulls today. Because, like you said, I think he's a strong character in the sense, I mean, he, he basically drives the entire movie by, by himself, mostly. And I think a lot of that has to do with Steve, the actor. <laughs> Not the character, but, you know, Steve, I mean, Joe. His name is Joe, right? But I call him Steve. Joe as Perry. I, as, I, as, I, as I said earlier. So it has to do with, with his acting techniques because he kind of makes it he he makes you believe he is this guy i think and of course i mean whatever his motivations might have been as far as like we said earlier his his broken home his lack of friends stuff like that um yeah i mean he, he's pretty well rounded off i think and yeah <laughs> That's kind of everything that I want to say about him for now. So, Mariah, is there anything else you might want to add before we close off today's episode? Uh, nope. That's all. Alright, cool. So, I want to thank everyone who took time to listen to our episode on the 2020 movie Spree with none other than Steve in the main role. <laughs> Steve from Stranger Things. And... I want to remind you guys to drop by our Linktree page, which is linktree.com slash mythsbehindlgds, in which you can find all of our social media links from Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. And also, if you're listening to us on a service that allows you to score the podcast, give us a top rating, because why not? We are cool like that. Are we not, Maria? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so I do have one last thing to mention, just off the top of my head right now it's weird to see this guy play a character that's not popular when in stranger things he's like one of the most popular characters <laughs> yes i agree it's really weird i was like wow but i'm really glad that i i definitely found this line on hulu and suggested it it was, it was really interesting. Thank you, Mariah, for your suggestion, my friend. It was very good. I would watch this movie again, but I think I will need to be in the mood for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you definitely have to have, like, the right type of mood. Um, I actually had to pause this movie, like, three times because <laughs> of work. And, of course, like, doing stuff around the house. So I was like, oh, I don't have time. <laughs> so I had to, like, pause and then rewatch it. I felt a little bit uncomfortable at times, I'm not gonna lie, watching this, but yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it is a good movie, so I encourage anyone who, like you said, is a fan of found footage or internet, stuff like that, watch it. The early 2000s YouTube. <laughs> Before TikTok. <laughs> so, having said that, that is gonna be all for us here at EMBL, Exploring the Myths Behind the Legends. Once again, we want to thank you for listening to our episode. And in the meantime, stay away from weird Uber drivers, Lyft, whatever service you guys use, be careful. Don't drink the water. <laughs> Don't eat any of the snacks they give you. I'm sorry, like, I have a friend who's an Uber driver. <laughs> She's like, probably gonna, <laughs> not going to like me saying this, but, eh, you know. Uh, sorry. <laughs> but, yeah, stay away from them. And until we see you on the next one, have a good one. <laughs>